Okay, so we've all heard of the uh, Last Supper, right? Where Jesus and his followers the day before he knew he was going to be betrayed by um, Judas Iscariot. Um, they had what was called the Last Supper. Um, and this starts there. Or at least the story does. So, you know, the Holy Grail is obviously the supposed uh, cup or chalice that Jesus would have used um, to drink, uh, I guess, his own blood. Because he, uh, you know, he says... No, this is, you know, first he changes the bread, you know, if you believe in transubstantiation, where this is my body, uh, the whatever, and then uh, he changes the wine that they had at the table to his blood, so, you know, it's kind of a weird belief to me but you're you literally believe after the Eucharist is performed that you're consuming the body and blood of Jesus Christ which to me sounds like cannibalism but that's probably another heresy I'm guilty of but um, (laughs) uh, so we've covered the Shroud of Turin and it's pretty much um, a 13th century forgery. Um, We've covered the Our Lady of Guadalupe, which was also another forgery that turns out has been painted over three different times. So now the next thing we're getting to is the Holy Grail. Um, this is the, I guess it's in one of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, the main thing I remember hearing or being exposed to this is if you see, if you've seen the old Monty Python movie, um, you know, we're knights of the round table, um, you know, with King Arthur and, you know, their Lancelot and Galahad and yada, 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 where it's a British spoof on their quest for the Holy Grail. And, you know, I guess spoilers, but they all, or King Arthur gets arrested at the end of it because he, the police think that he killed the, uh, is, it's like the background guy, the, maybe it's the producer, but it's just this weird scene where he's like talking and then a knight on a horse rides by and like slices his head off or whatever. Um, (laughs) so, okay. So the Holy Grail, um, it actually starts with King Arthur, um, 
So it tells about the Holy Grail as a stone or gem, as a chalice Jesus used, or as the platter on which the Passover lamb was served at the Last Supper before Jesus suffered and died at Calgary. It appeared in French, English, German, and Italian during the 12th and 13th centuries. The stories include mysterious connections with Joseph of Arimathea, the Spear of Longinus, also called the Spear of Destiny, which I guess I actually want to do a separate podcast on. Oh, I hate this because I have so many that I need to do and I want to do. Like I have one that I where I want to look at a, how cancer cells act. I think that's the one I'm going to release tomorrow. Uh, this is coming out on Thursday. Um, and even the conversion of England. The girl was also sometimes described as the cup in which Joseph of Arimathea caught the blood and water that poured from Christ's side after Longinus pierced him as he hung dead on the cross. And that's the that spear that pierced Christ's side. That's the spear of destiny. So the sign, this is alluded to as a sign of the sacraments of baptism and the Eucharist. Uh, These early versions of the quest for the Holy Grail. The imagery clearly reflects Catholic belief in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the body and blood of the Holy Eucharist, a.k.a. the belief that would come to be known as transubstantiation, or the body and blood, or, no, sorry, those stupid little wafers they serve you, and then I'm not sure if it's, I think it's like grape wine or whatever, turn into the body and blood of Christ. Um, So the church in the Middle Ages did not participate in or emphasize the quest for the Holy Grail. Uh, While the medieval church is often criticized for taking advantage of miracles and shrines for pilgrimage, she did not use this opportunity for donations and bequests to venerate the Holy Grail among other relics of Jesus' life and passion. So, my... I guess since they bring it up, the main thing I had with the Church of the Middle Ages was, A, they taught that the Earth was the center of the universe, which it obviously wasn't. They jailed Galileo for trying to push science forward in human understanding. But um, their biggest sin in my eyes is uh, the practice of indulgences. Those are are where you could pay the church some kind of fee and all of your sins up to to then and going forwards or would be forgiven and um, would guarantee you uh, a place in heaven. So 
So the story of the Holy Grail begins with Joseph of Arimathea, the member of the Sanhedrin who went to Pontius Pilate for permission to remove Jesus' body from the cross on Good Friday. Joseph and Nicodemus uh, prepared his body for burial in Joseph's own new tomb, imprisoned by the authorities for his proclamation of Jesus' resurrection, according to the apocryphal gospel of Nicodemus. Um, Joseph receives a grail from Jesus to nourish him, then miraculously escapes from his cell without disturbing the seals on the door. Leaving the Holy Land, he travels to France and then to England, bringing the Grail with him to Glastonbury in Somerset, England. As Glastonbury is also claimed by some legends to be the burial place of King Arthur and his Queen Guinevere. Um, The legends of Avalon or Camelot and the Holy Grail became entwined. The Holy Grail of Arthurian legends becomes a great object of a chivalric quest as the Knights of the Round Table set out to find the chalice and the Holy Blood and fail or succeed according to their purity and holiness. Thus the great Lancelot fails because of his affair with Guinevere uh, while Percival Boars or Galahad, depending on the version, succeed because of their purity. Or in the case of Galahad, apparently he's still a virgin. (laughs) Um, Literary historians have often surmised that the ideals of chivalry were inspired by medieval devotion to the Virgin Mary. Um... Arthur's knights strove to be brave, to defend women, and to be chastely devoted to their chosen lady. When a knight failed in this ideal, as Sir Lancelot failed, the Holy Grail became a catalyst for his repentance as he recognizes his unworthiness and does penance for his sins of uh, and disloyalty. Um, although... Thomas Mallory's 15th century La Morte de Arthur include the quest for the Holy Grail and his uh, summation on the Arthurian legends. The fascination of the Grail legend faded at the end of the Middle Ages, and the story of the Holy Grail was revived by uh, Romantic and Victorian era interest in what many called the Age of Chivalry, with Alfred Lord Tennyson's Idyllus of the King in Richard Wagner's Beirut Festival piece, Parsifal. Although both the Anglican Tennyson and the mystical Wagner eliminated the background of the real presence in their grails. Uh, in the 20th century, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like I just told you, um, and then while John... Borman's 1981 film Excalibur, based on Thomas Mallory's work, include Percival's successful quest for the Holy Grail, healing Arthur and the land because the land and the king are one. Um, 
So then we go to BBC. Is this the home of the Holy Grail? Though there are hundreds of claimants vying for the illustrious title of Holy Grail, Valencia, Spain's Santo Cariz invariably tops the list. Uh, so in the Valencia Cathedral uh, in Spain, you are greeted with the echoes of a Gregorian chant. And stretched before you is a long procession of archways leading to a single daze on the far side of the cathedral. A small set of steps climbed up to the altar, which was encased by a half dome, immaculately adorned with sculptures and paintings depicting scenes of angels and the apostles. Um, so, this is... Spain's third largest city. Um, inside it, there's a small room just off to the side. Um, that within that chapel, encased in glass just beyond the altar, uh, is a single cup resting upon an illuminated golden pedestal. And as legend would have it, th that cup is the Holy Grail. <laughs> Uh, appearing in King Arthur and Indiana Jones movies. Uh, the Holy Grail has remained one of humanity's most sought-after treasures, um, a relic that straddles the line between fantasy and reality. Uh, da, 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 da. Though the idea that a chalice used by Christ would be revered and therefore preserved by early worshippers as a plausible one, a vessel capable of um, granting eternal life is never mentioned in uh, the Bible. It's a convention of Arthurian legend penned by the likes of Cretan de Troyes and Robert de Boron, Two French poets who heavily shaped the development of Arthurian lore in the 12th and 13th century. The first written mention of the Grail comes in De Troy's Percival, in which it is described not as a chalice, but as a serving dish, likely hearkening to the magical cauldrons of Celtic myth. So apparently there are more than 200 claimants in Europe alone, all vying for the illustrious title of Holy Grail. With theories of the relic's final resting place found everywhere from Scotland to Aco Keek, Maryland. Wow. I, I didn't know there were theories of that it was in America, but I guess... There are 15 million people that believe that Jesus came to America, so I guess it's not too unlikely. Um, it still manages to attract pilgrims from all over the world and has even been used ceremonially by both 
Pope John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI. Uh, uh, as this guy approached the altar to inspect the chalice more closely, they found it far more elaborate than it he had anticipated with two massive gold handles and a base inlaid with pearls, emeralds, and rubies. The chalice immediately filled them with a sense of incredulity. Indeed, as anyone who has seen Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, the Holy Grail would be a simple thing, the cup of a carpenter. So it would be like wooden. Uh, they were later informed by one of the attendants just outside the room that the actual relic is merely the piece at the top, a cup hewn from agate and polished with myrrh, the handles and base which bears the hallmarks of medieval craftsmanship weren't added until much later. As with all stories of grail claimants, the tale is convoluted. An attendant of the cathedral was able to provide a basic explanation of how the chalice made its way out of Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago. St. Peter, the first pope, took the cup to Rome. The popes were the only people who could give mass. So St. Peter and the rest of the popes used the grail for the Eucharist, considering it the one Christ used. Then when the emperor Valerian began to persecute the Christians, is sent to Huesca, Spain, because it is no longer safe in Rome. She went on to explain that the chalice supposedly rests in Huesca, H-U-E-S-C-A, for a few hundred years before being moved again during the Umayyad conquest of the 8th century, because for a while there, uh, there was actually a very heavy Muslim presence in Spain, up until the Reconquista, nestled in the cliffside monastery of San Juan de la Peña in northern Spain for fear of plundering. Uh, so then, through an elaborate account, uh, the main detail that sets the Valencia chalice apart is the style and craft of the agate cup, which Spanish archaeologist Antonio Beltran, uh, who studied the chalice in 1960, claims indicates an origin somewhere between the 2nd century BC to the 1st century AD, likely from a workshop in the Middle East. The archaeological assessment um, suggests that this cup fits the archaeological proof, but the findings certainly bolster the chalice's claim. Uh. <laughs> so, as they made their way to leave, they asked one of the attendants her opinion of the story. Uh, after all, weren't the stories of noble quests and pursue the Holy Grail not somewhat tarnished by the fact that it was here simply for all the world to see? And they respond with, they think the mystery remains. 
After all, this isn't even the only holy grail in Spain. You have to choose which one is the real one for yourself. So, wait. Here's an article from 2014. Spain's so-called holy grail is fake. Earlier this week, two Spanish historians made headlines by claiming they had found the holy grail while tourists arrived in droves at Leon's Museum of the San Isidro Basilica, experts have been quick to refute the bold claim. Uh, as reported by the French Associated Press, I think, medieval historians widely agree that the Grail, which has inspired countless films and novels, is purely the stuff of legend. So, Margarita Torres and Jose Manuel Ortega del Rio uh, see things differently. They identified a chalice at San Isidro called the Doña Uraca as the grill based on a drawing and description in a medieval Egyptian parchment. Let me guess, it was written in... uh, reformed Egyptian, right? Although the parchment traces the artifact from Jerusalem to Spain by way of Egypt, it does not give an account of the Grail's whereabouts for the first 400 years after Jesus' death. Um, Carlos de Ayala, a medievalist in the Universidad Autonoma de Madrid, fired back to AFP, the Grail legend is a literary invention of the 12th century with no historical basis. You cannot search for something that does not exist. So, I guess there you have it. There's hundreds of different legends that claim to be the uh, Holy Grail. Uh, maybe it's buried under the curse of Oak Island between all the layers of BS. Um, Maybe I'm just obviously biased. I don't know. Thanks for listening. This has been your host, Luke. Have a good day.